You're listening to The Pedestal from Mike on Much. Presented by Much Studios. This is The Pedestal. I am your host, Mike Veerman. You might know me from the Mike on Much podcast. We are joined by another member of the Mike on Much podcast, Shane Cunningham. That's me. And we are sitting here with Jonathan Popolis. Hello. So this is our second episode. I believe you'll be listening to these in a sequential order. And just for some context, uh, you may know Shane and I from the Mike on Much podcast, since this is an offshoot. But you may not know Jonathan Popolis. John, tell us a bit about yourself and your pedigree. Oh, boy. Uh, I wasn't prepared for that at all. I'm a, I'm a director uh, here at Bell Media. Uh, direct commercials and movies and things like that. And I also watch... An insane amount of movies. That's is, right. <laughs> yeah. He's written and directed short films, commercials, all that stuff. Yeah. So the reason we're doing this is because we love it. Uh, oh, yeah. You probably read in the description that uh, we're looking at older films that may or may not be on a pedestal. At least people think it is. And um, we're re-examining that to see if it does deserve its place and should stay on the pedestal. So today on the show, we are discussing uh, what a lot of people consider an all-time comedy and a very influential one, uh, Dumb and Dumber. So for a little bit of context, it came out in 1994, and in 1994, so you know what was going on, the five highest grossing films of that year were, from last to first, The Mask, another Jim Carrey vehicle, True Lies, Forrest Gump, and then first, coming in, The Lion King. I did not say that super smooth. First <laughs> coming in, The Lion King. Yeah. Uh, so this movie was a massive hit. It made $247 million on a $17 million budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, say that again, how much? Two hundred and forty-seven million Whoa. on seventeen million because before Jim got paid. Imagine that 20. was adjusted for inflation. <laughs> wow, he and it didn't make the top five. He he ended up getting paid like seven million for the movie. Yeah, because like he was supposed to get paid like seven hundred thousand for it, <laughs> and then Ace Ventura came out, and Ace Ventura was huge, and then they like said, "No way are you le- are we allowing you to be in this stupid little movie for for seven hundred thousand dollars?" Well, after this, it was twenty. He was a twenty million dollar yeah. man. Yeah. And he famously was, he pulled out the check to himself on Jay Leno's show. And he said, I wrote this check to myself for a million dollars years ago. Mm -hmm. And I can finally cash it now because I've, I've made it. But what a year in 1994, Ace Ventura, The Mask and Dumb and Dumber all come out. Those all came out in 94. He's the first actor of all time to have four, have three number one movies in the same year. 1994 was like the year of Jim Carrey. It was. A hundred percent. So this film, uh, it stars Jim Carrey, as we've talked about, and Jeff Daniels playing a bit against type. Uh, It's very beloved. You probably know the plot if you're listening to this pod. If you do not, it's about two buffoons who are roommates, idiots, dumb and dumber, uh, and they sort of get mixed up in this plot about a ransom with a briefcase, and they end up following uh, this woman to return her briefcase that she tried to hand off in a ransom at an airport all the way to Aspen, Colorado. And along the way, because it's pretty much a road film, uh, a lot of hijinks ensue. So, fellas, I guess uh, to start, we will uh, talk about our case for keeping it on the pedestal. Meaning, what are the things we like about this film? Um, well, j- just, th- just to, uh, I want to frame everyone's view going into it, too. Absolutely. Because in my mind, I would think everyone loved this movie going into it. And it kind of might be a, an eye-opening experience to watch it. So many years removed because everyone thinks, uh, you know, this is one of the best comedies of all time. That's the way I felt going in. For you, Mike, you have one of the strangest viewpoints on this film because 
you don't even like it at all, do you? Yeah, so it's not that I didn't like it. So I was when Ace Ventura came out, that was you know my drug. I loved it. I loved uh, Jim Carrey. I was immediately into it. I remember my dad brought me and my brother. He fell asleep during the film. <laughs> That's kind of his thing, though. Uh, and then The Mask, I loved. You know, a smoking. He was. It was so you know visual and entertaining. And my thing with Dumb and Dumber is not that I don't like it. It's that I don't have a relationship with it. I must have saw it once when it came out because I was a huge Jim Carrey fan. And I remember just thinking like, oh, whatever. Like I don't have an attachment to it. And I never watched it again from, here's the thing. I don't have any memory of actually seeing it a first time. So I'm only guessing I would have because there's no way I would have missed that being such a Jim mm-hmm. Carrey fan. Crazy. Didn't stick with me throughout my whole life. Everybody I know is always like, this movie is like the seminal comedy. It's so funny. People have quoted it. I've always been like, eh, like I have no need to like go back and watch it, whatever. So I've had no relationship with it for the first time in my life, other than clips that you see on TV. For this podcast, uh, last night I watched it in its entirety mm-hmm. from front to back. Interesting. So but that's my experience. That's my history with the movie, whereas a lot of people have a very different history. Yeah, my history probably similar to to Shane's. Like I've I've seen this movie like like a hundred thousand times. Like I know this, I know when I, again, I watch it for this pod, but I, I can just mouth along with literally every single word inflection. I can sing along to every single soundtrack song that comes in. I know the facial expressions, everything like it, it's, it's unlike Star Trek last week, which I was kind of coming into it. Like you a little fresh. This was me trying to like, if, I'm, I'm trying to, trying to watch it with fresh eyes and trying to be like, okay, this isn't, like 12 year old me watching this where like back then, like having like a Jim Carrey impression was like currency in school. Like that's how important it was. Like everyone <laughs> being able, like my cousin could do like a killer one. And I was like jealous of him. Well, at the end of this yeah. pod, we will all be doing our Jim oh, Carrey great. impressions. <laughs> Alrighty then. Yeah. It's called a tease. All ah, that's smoking. But, um, I, but is, <laughs> I want uh, you to start just cause I can't wait. Like I'm just so curious the on <laughs> yeah. What are the po- with the case for? Like what are the, the new thing- guy? My prediction is that you loved it, but I don't know. Okay, That's, okay, Here great. We go. So I came with fresh eyes. Uh, obviously, knowing the history, my opinion is I don't love it, Whoa. but but I found it. Uh, I laughed extremely hard, like maybe four or five times, which I didn't even expect to do. So so we'll, we'll get to like sort of cons, but I think as far as pros. Uh, man, I thought Jim Carrey was so funny in this, like just in his mannerisms, in a lot of the things, you know, there, there's a great scene, like even almost off the top when he drops her off, uh, in the limo and then he's driving away and he's like, Goodbye, love. and then crashes the car, like things like that. I don't expect cause I've not seen this movie. So those things made me really laugh. And the way that he, him and Jeff Daniels played off each other stuff I thought would be annoying. I found myself laughing at. Right. I still found annoying things about it. <laughs> but the stuff, I did laugh a lot harder than I thought I would. And I'm like, for the first time in my life, I'm like, ah, I get where everybody's coming from. I was trying to go into it being like, okay, trying to put aside like this, my childhood Jim Carrey love. I was trying to be like, is Jim Carrey going to be like annoying to me now when I watch it? And honestly, no. Like, so, like, I, like, there were, like, he's just, he was in, so funny, like just so, so funny. Like the little, like that exact scene you're talking about, I, that, I was talking to my wife about that, like the airbag. How do you even write Lloyd fusses with the airbag? Like it's just, it's, you know what I mean? Huh? Like all that stuff is just sort of just him. It's just sort of like yes. him just sort of getting to play and going crazy with this script and just kind of go nuts with it. And I thought he was fantastic. It was well, so funny. I, I always wonder if, is this a great script or with other actors, would this just be... Uh, mediocre or below mediocre film. Do you know Great all the other, you know all the other actors that were like 
no. talked about. So I can see Robin Williams doing this movie. Nicolas Cage and Gary Oldman were like <laughs> the number, like those were the ones they were <laughs> hardcore going after. And they said no. They offered it to Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy, Mike Myers, Martin Short. Like these were like real offers. It's very yeah. famous that they were like offer these these movies, and and they all were. I like, could see Mike Myers. Yep. And yeah. I could see Nick Cage playing the Jim Carrey. I could too. Like in a weird. Well, this is the kind of trick of this performance is there's a lot of vulnerability in it, and you know there's a couple times like I have in my notes where he really starts to uh, tear up. You know, and and really talk about like his loneliness and wanting. When he's to, tired when of he being a nobody, speech about yeah, how he's tired of being a nobody. Yes. Mm -hmm. that's where you really see like, okay, this guy could be in a movie like uh, the Michelle Gondry, Eternal Sunshine. Yes, like he really commits to that with no irony. He just yep. does that scene straight. I I found that was the only part where he really did it straight. Yeah, that that like. I was tearing up during that part. Of course, I, it struck me like I, I I completely agree. Where I was like, oh, interesting that you know you see the talent coming out of him, and just an interesting choice to play it like that. And yep. I always wonder what is the director. And so both the Fairley brothers directed this, but only one is credited. Yeah, right. They did like the Coen brother thing. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it was like that whole Directors Guild thing where like right. they're only allowed to credit one, and that's sort of Directors Guild of sort of gone away with in recent years sure um so yeah i mean i completely agree but it's a good point shane like what other actors who do you think could have competently done this like you know you have to be the physical. lloyd part the lloyd part yeah I, I think nick cage could have it just it would have added a weirdness element but taken away a comedic element mm -hmm. and J what's good about jim carrey is he's everything he's weird he's kind of attractive he's hilarious and he can be serious in so, 94, yeah. I could have seen Martin Short. That's a Martin, like it is, I don't know if it would have been the same at all, but the kind of like spastic weirdness while still keeping it somewhat grounded in the reality, I could see that. Yeah, there's a, there's a certain violence to the movie that yeah. I think that like a guy like Mike Myers and maybe Martin Short are a little too light for. That's why I could, I, that's why Robin Williams jumped into my brain, whereas I could see there's a certain violence to the, uh, the actions and even the way that he interacts with Lloyd or like, you know, uh, moves things around. Like there's a certain menacing aspect to both mm -hmm. of these guys that maybe a lighter comedian couldn't, but maybe that's just kind of the See, nature of the... I, I feel like Robin Williams, if you play this role, he would do it too dumb. Mm. Like, and I know Lloyd is supposed to be extremely dumb, but he does have a sly, like, street smarts to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's interesting. I, f I feel like other actors wouldn't get those nuances. Uh, like... I'm just picturing Rob Williams just being a total like duh, like dumb, overly dumb dumb. Sure, and you know it's interesting the Lloyd character. He has a point of view on the world. Like I know we're talking about dumb and dumber, and it's interesting to go into the you yeah. know the motivations of the character or their psychology or their intellectual level in a movie called Dumb and Fucking Dumber. But I think Lloyd's character, as crazy and sort of outlandish as those guys are, you understand. Like I'm like I know who that character is. Mm -hmm. Like there's no ambiguity about his motivations or why like you know why he does the things he does i think we understand who he is because who, of jim carrey who do you think is dumber of the two i think it's lloyd <laughs> see i, <laughs> I think, think it's lloyd oh sorry, sorry 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 what's the other guy's name harry harry i think it's harry okay. i think i think harry's dumber i was gonna say lloyd is the easy answer because he can't read in the one part and he can't <laughs> right. he can't pronounce the word the yeah which is T-H-E, obviously, and he goes, tuh, 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 tuh. Tuh. and it, that's the part. Even though he reads Samsonite pretty quickly. Right, yeah. <laughs> so just saying some inconsistencies. <laughs> no, no, Harry was my answer. And I, yeah, mm -hmm. go on, though, with your thoughts, because I have I thought about I this. I think uh, Lloyd is uh, more street smart, and he, I do think Lloyd has a learning disability, obviously, from his reading, the way he read. Sure. And I think Harry is more naive than Lloyd. 
Yeah. So there can be you can be perceived as being dumb if you're really kind and gullible, right? A lot of people can think you're dumb. But overall, I think I think it's a tie. I think they both uh, mm. like they're they're a good team because the one thing the one guy's dumber at, the other guy kind of fills. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, we did a pod for Mike on Much where uh, one of the guys was saying how you marry your deficits. Yeah. Sometimes it can be like that with your friends, right? Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I you know what you're saying about Lloyd, the Jim Carrey character, is he does ha- he has an he has an emotional intelligence. Like you know when he's <laughs> the, the sort of competition that he ends up in uh, with Harry over uh, Mary, you you sort of, he's thinking things through. And when he goes to meet her at the bar and when, you know, he's interacting with the, and does Mary come here often? And the, the bartender's like, oh yeah, she's here all the I time. I thought that a lot, a lot, like that Harry is the more kind of emotionally, like, like Lloyd drove the wrong way for four hours and Harry like, flips out like literally he's just, and he flips out and then he comes right back when he like like you totally redeemed yourself just when i think you couldn't possibly be any dumber you go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself harry's the one who sort of doesn't have any real control over his emotions like at all but right like you said lloyd is a little more conniving and cunning yes which yeah. takes a certain level of intelligence to see angles like i think lloyd's <laughs> seeing certain angles uh, you know and maybe this is the whole point of yeah of the, the i just love the idea of trying to get into the psychology of the two characters yeah be dumb and dumber <laughs> what did you so we talked a lot about jim carrey what do you think of uh jeff daniels does he like work for you did he it was like, a lot i think it was i think it was a lot of professional work going on he's good <laughs> he's very good I, it was great yeah, yeah me too it's a thankless job too because yeah. it's hard to try and play at a 10 when you're standing next to jim carrey who does 10 better than anybody and i think they they almost were gonna put someone beside like like that the movie would have been totally unwatchable if it's just two guys trying to like compete for that energy level the entire time but he just keeps like kind of seating the floor to jim carrey while every now and then kind of like getting in his like quick like i don't know lloyd the french are assholes like these like like big laugh lines that he can just sort of hit like deadpan i thought he was great i love i i i I almost forgot how good with all the Jim Carrey stuff, how good Jeff Daniels is in this movie. Yeah, it's. I almost want to say that he was better than Jim. Yeah, I went into that thinking yeah. that. Just because Jim is so amazing, you take it for granted. So you want to, yeah. it's like picking a favorite member of NSYNC other than Justin Timberlake. Right. But then you, you see Justin Timberlake, <laughs> you hear him see his moves. It's like, this guy's fucking amazing. Let's not forget <laughs> Like it, it kind of bothers me when people say George is their favorite Beatle. Yeah. It's like, come on, John and Paul are the best, right? So it would be so disingenuous for me to say that uh, Jeff Daniels was better than. Yeah, Jim. you wish you could be too cool for school and be like Jeff. But exactly, just I want the wrong answer, in. but he is obviously fantastic. But he's so fucking good, and it's especially knowing what we know now that Jeff Daniels is like such an accomplished actor in so many other facets. Because at the time, I didn't know. I just thought, oh, maybe Jeff's, uh, you know, just acting a little bit dumber than he might normally be. Mm-hmm. So I always give people a little bit more acting points when they can slide in and out of character mm-hmm. more, uh, opposed to a guy like Owen Wilson who just plays himself sure. all the time. They, they also say that, you know, like uh, a lot of comedians that go into drama, they always say how hard that is. But I think a lot of like comedians and people that do comedy or comedic actors think it's way more difficult to do comedy than it is to do drama oh, yeah. mm-hmm. because drama is like there's drama in your everyday life and comedy is about like timing understanding like it takes a and whole so different skill set like people's yeah. sense of humors are so particular to Absolutely. try to find the right it's a way different alchemy yeah. than just dramatic acting which you know obviously i imagine is very difficult and you're emoting but it's like 
I'm sure everybody at some point in their life has cried or been dumped and they can go back to that well or had something in their past that they can draw from. What are you drawing from in comedy? You either can, you either have the timing and the understanding or you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, so for a guy like Jeff Daniels to just throw caution to the wind and be in this sort of slapstick comedy movie when he is this sort of dramatic actor can toggle back and forth. Like, it's very interesting when a guy who's not funny in real life can be funny when you ask him to. Yes. Whereas I feel like Jim... His character was just like what I was saying before. It was just a dumber version of his normal personality. And Jim just has these otherworldly talents. Whereas Jeff was being someone completely different than who he is. And I watch a YouTube video of him like slipping back and forth between that character and himself. And he just, what he does to his face is very special too. Shaking himself into it. He like loosens the skin on his face somehow. (laughs) It's, It's very cool. Yeah. It's really good. Okay, so these are some things we like about it. Was there anything else before well, we get to the, some maybe favorite scenes? I liked so many things about this movie. Yeah. I'm almost hesitant to say because I'd like there to be some mystery on this podcast, whether I want it to be on the pedestal at the end. But every scene got me in some way, shape, or form. And the bigger jokes, like, you know, putting the carrot on the snowman like a dick yeah. and, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the toilet scenes, like the stuff I liked when I was young. Those are still great, and those I thought would be lost to me a little bit, but I was expecting them because those are so ingrained in my mind sure. that I really started to notice the just the other subtle jokes that are just happening or a little facial expression or a little tick, and there wasn't really a period more than 30 seconds where I wasn't appreciating something new or laughing at something weird, and it didn't feel like, and of course your brain can play tricks on you, but it didn't feel like I was doing this solely for a nostalgic purpose of like i'm enjoying this because it's attached to my childhood or my youth or certain parts of my own personality have been adopted from this film Uh, i think that the 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 biggest overall pro before we get into like nitty-gritty stuff is that it is just i mean this in a positive way it's like transcendently stupid and it's like on like it is so stupid that you just love you love that they went for it that and, and it's just so like you're, it's so endearing, like every single scene, like they're really pushing it to the edges, like every single time. It feels like a couple of 12-year-olds got like a few million dollars and got to make a movie. And even though you say the things like the, the penis on the on the snowman and the toilet and the most annoying sound in the world, like those are all sort of like little kid jokes that all somehow still just work. You watch the unrated version. Yes, yeah. but I, I feel like <laughs> that will roll more into the cons because I have feelings on that, but go oh, ahead. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. If we're saving it for the cons, we're saving it Save for the it cons. Save it for the cons. Okay, everybody. Well, I just I just wanted to ask, what was everyone's favorite scene? That's what I was going to. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no worries. You're the host, Mike. You ask it. It's all right. Okay, <laughs> what was everybody's favorite scene? We'll start oh, with God. Shane. First off, good question. Thank you. Uh, That's a really good question. <laughs> I try. But I, uh, I really love, and I think it's changed my life comedically, is the... The dream sequence. So he says, do you love me? And she says, no, but that's a real nice ski mask. Because <laughs> it's not just a montage. These are like full scenes that work. And it's just when he throws like, yeah, the fart, when he le- throws his legs behind his head. Yeah, I'm impressed by his acrobatics. And yes, he's farting and lighting it on fire. And that's fucking hilarious to have a whole ski lodge full of, you know, yuppies laughing at that. But what I forgot was that he grabs like he's on such a roll, he grabs the nuts yeah. and just incredible. chucks nuts that get everywhere all over his face <laughs> and eats them. And everyone's just loving it, you know? Absolutely. And the ski mask joke. Like, yeah. I feel like that particular part. It, well, exactly. <laughs> and like, I grew up and my mom was such 
a neat freak. You couldn't leave a half empty can of pop or anything. So it was such a dream to be able to do something that funny where I could just throw nuts in my face and have like adults laugh at me that that part totally still resonates to me and, and really caught me off and made me almost like pee my pants. I was laughing so hard. The psych, the reason that I agree with you, that's Mm -hmm. one of the, by far the best scenes in the film that you you die laughing at (laughs) because, well, it's so great because it gets right away into the psychology of Lloyd. Like this is what this, what is his fantasy? It's like being a complete buffoon and making these upper class people like they would find him so entertaining that in this dream sequence that he would think a blue angel or Mm -hmm. like nuts in the face is funny. So that's funny. And then just the physical performance of it all and Carrie committing and all the other actors like dying. Like he can do no wrong even though mm-hmm. he's being a total buffoon. And mm-hmm. we've all had that like kung fu, like defending, like especially as a kid, like defending someone's honor. But that's like what he views as good fighting. Like he doesn't know what real, you know what I mean? So it's it's cartoonish, but it is still within the weird, you're entering the crazy mind of Lloyd Christmas for like mm-hmm. a few minutes of the movie and you see it's like demented. Yeah. And it's amazing, but it's also a little endearing. Like it, it is still trying to defend someone's honor and making out by a fireplace. It's not even like sexual really it's almost like it's like a kid it's like yeah. a, like a 13 year old's fantasy of like seeing this girl like peeking at her butt real quick like was that's... she wearing underwear in that scene no oh boy wow because i've checked a billion times when i was you even got old. the unrated version just to <laughs> hope that you find a now an unrated version is that mean that there's more naughtiness in it or less there's more scenes and extended scenes and right, there's yeah. p- parts that they left out because oh, I, whenever i saw unrated i got so excited it's not really because i thought that you might get like uh, more nudity like stuff no. they had to cut for a rating. No, I no. think I think unrated is just bullshit. They just code wanted to in add in cases for extended scenes. The review board never saw this version of the edit. Yeah, right. Interesting. Uh, favorite scene, John. Besides uh, I mean, the- aside, aside from that, uh, I mean the uh, the last scene for me. I mean, same as the last movie, I guess. But same here. Like the whole. <laughs> the I mean, because the whole last scene is kind of its own little short film that can work like in and of itself with the bus and the Tropicana, Tropicana, uh, uh, the models and him, the, the, the town is back that way is still one. It might be one of the greatest comedy lines. I say, I love it. Like not to veer into things we didn't like, but I say that's too dumb. Almost, oh, but I love it. <laughs> when it's went back, so good. It's like it's it plays ex- yeah. oh, it plays against what you're expecting to happen. So, and you know, famously like Jim Carrey, like, refused to actually get it was written for him to get on the bus but and he to, refused to do it in character he did because he's like my character would never get on that bus and so they redid it with him not doing it and i and I, it's, I i love it well it's hard to like speak within like there's like to your point it's like it's too stupid these characters wouldn't do that you're talking about like rules within what these characters would do motivationally it subverts your expectations as a viewer yeah I found it very frustrating that they get on the bus because by that point, I like these guys and I want them to get a win. <laughs> yeah, so maybe funny. that's a lot of like, my psychology that, behind for it. For me, that's what I was thinking. I'm sitting there going, oh, come on, guys. Like, get on the fucking bus. But it's the bus. fact that they don't even know that they I lost. Know that that that's makes why sense. it's so funny. <sighs> I, I get it. But I'm just like, he didn't get married. Uh, you know, he didn't. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I wanted them to end with a win because now after an hour and a half of them or two hours, however long the movies, it's like, I, I wanted them to have a win, you know? I guess. As a viewer, but I get why Jim Carrey in that story would have yeah. stood his ground and said Lloyd Christmas would never get on this bus. And I also have to add the man on the moon joke. That uh, yeah. I don't know it's a scene, but that joke in and of itself is the funniest joke in the movie, and it's still every like I, every time gets me. Okay, I'm gonna add two things into there just because you reminded me of the bar scene. <laughs> 
love the bar scene. The, with the way Jim's acting when the woman is annoying him at the bar <laughs> yeah, after it's been defeated, and the woman didn't show up, and he goes, "Yeah, she's telling a story." And he goes, "I don't care." Yeah. And then he looks at the bartender for help. He goes, "Bartender." <laughs> How about you, Mike? Favorite scene? I, I the dream sequence for sure was what would I had on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, like a lot of the scenes really worked for me. Uh, like the bar scene, like you mentioned, I, the, the, the fantasy sequence was amazing. Um, yeah, that would be the one I would go so with. So should we go, to me, it's more interesting what didn't work. Sure. Especially, again, especially from you, because it seems like yeah. your yeah. list might be quite long. I Well, first of all, I, I definitely, I normally on this pod, we would have best performance, but I think we all agree. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey mm-hmm. won this movie. Yeah. that's. I, I almost wanted to go in and say, no exactly, one's gonna pick, it would be wrong. I'd, no be, I'd will, be so false. It would be very annoying. Like yeah. hipstery type. Like yeah. I like this obscure thing. Maybe we need a contrarian on here though, just so that we can get angry at somebody for being like, "Why would you pick Chris Penn?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, uh, well, you know, it's still in the positive though. There was a lot of great lines, like stuff that I've heard throughout the years that I go, "Oh, that's from Dumb and Dumber." Mm-hmm. A lot of switcheroos, uh, a lot of sort of like funny, like at one point. <laughs> Where uh, you know, so when Chris Penn and like when the mobsters show up to get them, it's not Chris Penn. No, that's not Chris Penn. That's Absolutely. I don't know. Oh, his... that's not Chris Penn. No. I know who no, I don't Mike, remember Mike. his name, but it's, it's not, definitely not Chris. That Peck. guy's in uh, that guy's in Goodfellas. He was great. He was also very. Uh, what did, can you tell me his name? Is because Williams was great too. He was supposed. That that's who the studio really wanted uh, to play. Harry. We'll get to that scene. Wow. <laughs> you don't like that? Interesting. Scene? Interesting. Whoa. That's interesting. But a couple lines. That's I, amazing. A couple lines I liked from the uh, the hitman. Uh, where when they get to there and there's the sign because they've gone away, but they think that he's gas the gas man. man. Yeah, he's like gas man. How the hell did I know? Did they know I have gas? Because they already set that up with his ulcer yeah. or whatever. That kind of stuff I like as a switcheroo. Nice set of hooters you have there, obvious. Uh, uh, Lloyd saying, uh, you know, she's the sort of girl that uh, gives you that special feeling. I got that special feeling where I would do anything to bone her. Yeah. It's a special feeling, Lloyd. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very funny in, in how, because you're not expecting that, right? And it like the movie does that a lot where they kind of set you up with something soft and they hammer you with something a little bit more like unexpected, which I guess mm-hmm. is comedy in the end of the day. But because this movie's so old, it was like, oh, okay, all right, all right. It was kind of fun to watch it now. Um, that this is another switcheroo. He must work out. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Classic. That, again, that's one Classic. of those things that changed my life and informed so much about my humor. It's so like another switcheroo, right? So for mm-hmm. those of you that haven't seen it recently, a guy and a girl walk by and one of them comments like, oh man, look at the buttocks on her or something like that. And then look at the, yeah, butt, look on at the butt on that one. That's mm-hmm. what it is. And then Jim Carrey says, oh, he must work out. Cause you, obviously you think he's talking about the girl. All right, fellas, we ready to go to, uh, the case against keeping it on the pedestal. All right, here we go. So are we knocking it off? So these are the things that we don't like. What's aged badly? Uh, what was bad even then? And uh, overall flaws in the film. Who Do would you like want to go start? first? or Yeah, should... I think Mike should go first. Yeah. Because okay. we can pile on a little bit. Sure. Okay, so for me, like um, a lot of people front to back think this movie's hilarious. I find that a lot of like the noises, like when they're in the car with the hitman and they start screaming. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? That stuff to me, I find very grating and not funny. You don't like what's the most annoying sound in the world? No. You, you felt like you were the hitman of that. <clears throat> the gag goes on too long where I'm like, all right, I get it. And then it's like, keeps going. And I know the longer you do it, the funnier you're supposed to get. But I was just like, <laughs> this just feels like, like there's not a lot funny about that. It's just annoying. Yeah. Um, did it feel like the point, the point of the joke yeah. is this is supposed to be annoying but I'm getting annoyed. And I I'm feel not like laughing. That, yeah, I feel like that a lot of movies, I don't feel like it did it with this movie, yeah. but I do get that feeling where it's like the joke is it's supposed to be annoying. It's like, okay. So you didn't I've, like mock, 
Yeah, ing, yeah, bird, like right in his face. Nah. And then it was just, it kind of went to a level where I was just kind of like, all right, like we can keep it moving. And again, maybe that's like an age thing, like, or I, maybe it was just the, the way the, the, the performance was calibrated. You're one year older than me, Mike. Meaning, yeah, but you saw it when you were a kid. You <laughs> maybe saw I'm when, just an old man. So you, oh, so you, I'm I, saying I enjoyed you guys, it now. No, no, me too, but I'm saying, but I didn't watch it with anything other than like an adult watching a movie. So and just you being think like, kind of my nostalgia is coming into play a little bit? It could bit. be. Yeah, yeah. To me, and so here's where the unrated version comes in. <laughs> because the unrated version includes several scenes and extended versions of, of scenes in the movie. And whenever, whenever it hits, even like it clicks over one second oh into deleted God. scenes, it is atrocious. <laughs> Unwatchably atrocious. Why are they that bad? That's, that's what I mean. If they're, I know, I mean, in general, I've yet to see a deleted scene in a movie that I'm like, oh, well, they should have kept that in the movie. Usually it's out for a reason. So there's that caveat. But... For them to be, for the deleted scenes to be that bad, it's sort of as like, oh, like a little peek behind the curtain of like, maybe my nostalgia is coloring this a lot more than I realize because, I mean, like to the second, the moment it like, when they're like, they have like sea bass like, like spitting in uh, Harry's burger and they just include an extra 10 yeah. seconds of it fully. Oh, do you know what that is? I swear, it's another take. And, Notice all, the spit is way greener it's just, than it is. And it's just so, and the, 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 my, it's like my mood drops yep. the moment the, you get to one of those deleted It's a scenes. different take. Yeah. And you can tell what they did. They said, let's do a normal spit, and then let's do this disgusting green loogie. But you don't even see the loogie in the original one at all. No, it no. just starts to, and it just cuts Whoa. to Jim Carrey looking. Then I watched the unrated version. Interesting. Because it just oh, there's some horrible scenes in there. Okay, did you see? Here's the test. Did you see when um, Lloyd's in the hot tub and he's listening to people having Absolutely. sex? Absolutely, that's oh, a deleted that's scene. Unrated. That's and a deleted scene. Yeah, I have that in my notes because it's horrible, some point, right? He like <laughs> turns around and it's like he's coming on to Harry. Yeah, yeah and he, he says he I'd wishes split. he had boobs, and then he's like, "Cause I would tear, tear you, you apart." Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so like, I saw the unrated that's version. Oh, stupid, and it's so shit. bad. Oh man! And, and when they're in the diner, and she's, he's like, uh, "My the drink's bubbles? not carbonated," oh. and she blows bubbles. Yes, in. She's like, so bad. Like I'm telling you, I hate every extra scene. I'm almost to the to the second. That's it's so, so weird. Funny. I don't know if I'm more disgusted that they had those scenes and and made or it that they did version, it in the first place, or that they had right. Or if I'm like, did they fix it in editing? I'm kind of impressed though that they knew it didn't work in yeah. the original edit and took it out, or whoever made notes because. The, the deleted scenes kind of play at some of the more recent Farley Brothers movies that don't work. Like yes. That. And it, it's kind of like that sense of humor. They're very bad at dealing with sexual stuff. They go a little too far. Innuendos, their sweet spot when it's more innocent. When they go too sexual or too gross, they're not funny. And that's their their later films. This was all of my notes are basically involving wow. these scenes. I'm so and mad in, you saw that. And in, the ori- and in the original, so speaking of things that, that didn't weren't great at the time and still don't hold up, the sea bass like rape scene in the bathroom it's still in the first the first place wasn't great but in the extended version it's like five times longer like the like oh hell like he like sea bass doesn't have any more lines in the original but this like 
weird gay panic. Isn't this hilarious that that Lloyd is about to be like gay raped? And they in the sort original, of... does he pull down the pants with the the cheetah no, underwear no. and then grab his dick? No, no. In the original, I don't even think it says for man love, does it? Yes, it does. Oh, oh yeah. it does. It goes for man. Yeah, because okay. I was like, he's got. He's now and in the G string and he grabs. And then his he kicks junk. open the door and Lloyd yeah. screams. He just grabs his and head. And he grabs and puts his it head and puts yeah. it down. And then there's none of the like cheetah joke or anything. Like in the unrated version, he's wearing a Cheetos, a cheetah uh, colored speedo. Yeah, that, that that I see. That's, yeah. What's unfortunate is this. That's un- not in the original. That's not. That's only the in reason unrated. I watch wow. the unrated version. It might be why you guys is it's actually harder to find the regular. It's almost as if the Farrelly brothers are yeah. saying this is the movie that we originally intended. I think so. I bought like I have. I own it on Blu-ray, and it doesn't have both versions. You can only watch. They should have called version. it director's cut. Something like that. I think mine didn't have any label on it. It was just the Dumb and Dumb. Bad. I think it was a just a money play that hey everyone owns the original <laughs> and let's have the hardcore <laughs> fans buy this <laughs> non-original. That hot tub scene was weird, man. So and all the wooden cr- like did you all this the guy the the husbands in a crate did you all that all those jokes yeah. like that wasn't in the movie that's also like I'm just saying like all the absolute dirt worst parts are in the but, extended but version. look it, it kind of dispels your point your point was look was, maybe any new scene is just throwing me off because surely that it's new and they were always in mm-hmm. this kind of weird world Mike's saying oh all my least favorite scenes were these scenes that I hadn't even known were oh. new scenes added maybe. But did, did well, so the proof's question, right there. What are there? Are there were those all the worst, or were there like a few others? Because you were saying, uh, I, I, I personally, so I knew Harlan Williams was going to drink the piss. I, everyone knows about that scene. Like I've seen that scene somehow through you know okay, osmosis. But he was funny before that. Listen, yeah. you pumpkin pie haircutted freak. You uh, you fellas been doing a bit of boozing, have you? Sucking back on Grandpa's old cough medicine. Like, <laughs> that's hilarious line. Yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah. Cardigan, thanks for noticing. Pull, yeah. pull yeah. over. Pull. No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. Yeah, like in this world where he's kind of like, ah, I'm like, I'm the weird police officer. It's yeah, that whole. I thing. love that. You know, oh. to, to me, I'm kind of like, all right, it's very affected, and it's like, but it didn't make me laugh ever. And then when it, inevitably he drank the piss, I was like, oh, this doesn't age well. But maybe I'm too old to find someone drinking piss funny anymore. Like, if that's the joke, the joke's got to be smarter. He needed an excuse to drink it, which would make. Make it make sense. Yes. I, I have a problem with him drinking the piss, too. Because it's like, like, he needs something, some reason to drink it. Like, uh, Harry needs to say, no, we, we swear, there's just that's water or something. Yes. And he needs to test And he's it. parched or something. Yeah. Or he needs to test to prove it. Or, at the very least, if you're just going to have this weird cop drink the pee anyway, make him like it. I don't know. Like, I maybe, But that's an old cliche, too, that I don't like. Like, I think, in Van Wilder, when they come in the But, but that was and, well after. Yeah. See, but I'm saying, okay. So I was thinking in 94, if he, because like how many times have we seen piss drinking or something like that up until that point? I, I don't know, Lord but knows. I remember thinking Too that. Too many for me. Like the idea of gross <laughs> out humor, like I was trying to think back, like was there an Animal House gag or anything where like somebody of authority drank a bodily fluid or ate cum like in Van Wilder? Oh. So it's like, obviously now we know the trope is to like eat something gross. You expect them to do what Harlan Williams did. But it's instead, like, the, hmm, I like it better now. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, that scene did not work for me. But uh, it's interesting the 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 motivation behind why he drank didn't make any sense. And I feel like there's like because t- for me, aside from all the underrated stuff, the biggest problem with this movie is the ending, which makes like still to this day, even now just makes no sense. Talking about the bikini babes? No, no. The the <laughs> that makes up. But I mean, in the idea of these cops 
Like, it's just the cops have, we've been tracking you guys since Providence and they like, give Harry a gun. And he's like, could could have shot the guy. There's like a million. And then all of a sudden they just roll in, arrest the guy. And it's the end of the movie. Like the motivations behind this whole cop sting are just nonsense. I like, think in a movie like nonsense. this, you give up on that. Like, and I, I think Harry could get closer to him than the cops. But could. what, but why did they even get what to, to what end? Why are they getting him closer to the guy? What, like maybe they needed the guy to admit he's it. holding them at gunpoint. He's taught, mm. he's holding the thing. He doesn't reveal any new information. He just uh, like, he, he actually the whole scene is a confession. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, is that what the, but is that was what he wearing a doing? wire? Yeah, no, it's were a good they, question. Were they waiting for a confession? It just seems like they just at the, at the moment they just do a quick turn. And it turns out that that woman's been a cop the whole time. What if he shot you in the face? Like, and it's funny, but if you really just take one half step back and look at it, it's just, they really just needed to just end this movie and they just sort of ended it. Yeah. It was funny that he missed. Had Pulp Fiction, had Pulp Fiction come out Came at that out point? Came out the same year. Same year. Because oh, that I gag is always funny to that. me. That yeah. you, 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 you unload six fucking shots in the moment of truth and you completely miss. Like, I, I enjoyed that. Well, if we're getting into logistical stuff. Shot. Like, um, you know, I do like the gas man joke when he finds the note. <laughs> yeah. But it's like... Going, we're going to Aspen. You just take this like note for for its word. Yeah, or that you believe. Well, that no, because they, they know that Mary's in Aspen. Yeah, but why would they think the people who stole the bag would, would the thing of money would go pursue the person they stole it off? And it's on top like, of that, that's the last thing you do. He says sure. they must have been following us for months. How the hell do they know I got gas? So in his mind, <laughs> they know who I am. But then. A few scenes later, I'm going to pretend to be a hitchhiker. That's you know, a great point. You know what I wow. mean? Wow. And so yeah, why? That's the point. So the, the, like, mot- again, the motivations behind yeah. to get to the joke yeah. is fun, like, the, like To get to the joke is funny to have him sit in the middle and knowing sound in the world. But like, why? This guy clearly yeah. thinks that these are. That's mind blowing because even in like the movie logic where let's go along with it and not be nitpicky. That makes no fucking it's sense. It's as long as it's it's as uh, whenever Harry and Lloyd make leaps in in logic and stuff, that's fine. But it's whenever the other people around the cops, the hitman, yeah, the sure. cops, the hitman, the cops at the end, like all that stuff. That that's when it starts to like grate on me. Like uh, like it's only funny when the main two idiots do something stupid. Everyone else should be living in their real world better, reacting to them. Well, that's a yeah. good point because I think that this movie does suffer a lot from that, and I think that the piss gag is kind of a microcosm of that in the sense that for them, it's just about the fact that this cop is drinking piss. They don't really put a lot of thought into how it's going to get there. It's like the joke is, haha, officer drinks piss. Yeah, but it's like for a joke to really work and really be good, it can't just be juvenile like. Oh, I'm drinking. There has to be a great reason for him to drink that. And then it's really funny because then you go, okay, now I'm laughing. But again, throughout the whole movie, like there's many things in the movie where you go, oh, did they really think that out? Or is it really just, we need to get to this scene so Jim Carrey can do this or Lloyd, uh, Jeff Bridges. Set pieces. (laughs) Jeff Bridges. (laughs) Jeff Daniels. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Daniels. Lloyd Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Bridges. Chris Penn are just great. Chris Penn. Bo Bridges. I'm mixing up all my uh, Hollywood people. And so if we're getting to points like this stuff making sense why is mary going on dates with other guys if her husband's captive yo big big time i say so one of my notes about the film just as far as like and this kind of gets to the point about you're making uh pops about the uh the bikini bus and i'm like oh i just want him to have a win as ridiculous as they were 
they kind of set Mary up to be a bit of a simpleton herself. So it felt like there was a world in which they could like get together. And so you, I kind of like the chemistry between her and Lloyd. I even liked it mm-hmm. between her and Harry. And so like at the end there, after all that, and Harry's like sincere moment, where, you know, the famous line, so you're saying I have a chance, which is like more like one in a million. You mean not good like one out of a hundred? I'd say more like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. I was kind of blown away when it's like, oh, she's had a husband the whole time. And I'm like, wow, they just kind of ripped that away from us since we're all hanging out here. And, you know, in a movie that doesn't have a lot of logic, you're really coasting on charisma and power of performance and chemistry. And the chemistry between, I think, Jim and Lauren Hawley and even Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Daniels and Lauren Hawley was awesome. And then they just kind of like, oh, she's got a husband. And then that wraps up and she's out of their lives. Well, it was funny. You bring up the one in a million part. Mm. Because up until then, I was kind of willing to accept that, hey, she was going to bring it up and she did attempt to, and maybe she just needed to get her mind off her husband being kidnapped. Because when they're on the ski lift, she goes, oh, I'm actually having some family problems, but I won't bore you with those. Uh, and Jeff Daniel goes, thanks. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Another great So moment. I was like, okay, she's kind of reaching out. But the one in a million part, why even give him a chance? And especially a dumb guy like well, Jim. Well, I mean, I think she's trying to let him down easy. I don't think she is giving him a chance, I think. You're full of good points today. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Were, yeah. were you guys surprised? Surprised she had a husband. I know we're going back like the two decades for at you the guys. Reveal like in the middle. You're saying like you're yeah, the, the when whole. it's like she has a husband. Um, but I surprised. Yeah, I was. I see that, and that I guess leads me into like back to like a good boy. A good point of this is I did like that there was some larger. This larger story, a woman whose husband got kidnapped as a rich family, and then it's just literally, it's very three You mean narratively, so much happened before we even get to the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. you have to build but out I kinda that whole backstory. I kind of, I dug that. I did, I dug the idea that it's it's almost like the, the, the what, what are those Shakespearean, Guildenstern and Rosencrantz? Like, the, like there, there was that famous two buffoons from Macbeth, and, and you actually follow the two buffoons. Right? What's their story like? Yeah. And it's the same idea. Like, what's it like to follow? Take a big-time, weird crime caper and just follow the two idiots who accidentally picked up the briefcase. And I, I, like, I like that's an interesting, unique point, point of view for a movie. Yeah, it's like sloppy Coen brothers. Yeah, it is like... <laughs> but yeah. it, but, uh, but fun's like, it's so sloppy, oh, yeah. it's fun. Like, it's, yeah. Well, you can, I'll tell you this, too, like genuine uh, comedy and being funny will cover a lot of sins. Like yeah. if you, yeah. if you sit on a toilet and you're Jeff Daniels and you just ate a bunch of laxatives <laughs> and you shit all over the place and you, we genuinely laugh and react to that. And again, why does that work? Because of where he is, his performance. Is so funny. <laughs> oh, it's it, just so it, funny. It, it sounds stupid to say a guy is shitting his brains out. Cause you think, Oh, add farty noises. And then the last will just come. His face. He goes cross-eyed. He's orgasmic. He his face. His face says every emotion. And his reaction yeah. to the smells like oh, like he's so and, mad. And trying to blow it out the window. And he's on this date with this fancy family. Just, and so there's so much about shaving. the contract. And we understand oh. why Lloyd poisoned him or gave him the laxative. Yeah. Like yeah. everything leading up to that scene is like this is really fucking funny. In the real movie, though, he doesn't try to throw the toilet no. out the window. Yeah, and, uh, he so, doesn't dump the extra no, out the window. Which makes no. no sense. But it is broken, right? The toilet's broken. Yeah. She yeah. knocks on the door. Yeah, so and she's but he doesn't out. attempt to throw the shit out but by holding the porcelain thing with the towel underneath and dumping just, all the yeah. shit. So they just cut it with him like, yeah. they're yeah. just Mary saying, I gotta and go. Just hearing him fall, it's fall down. way funnier in the original. Wow. Yeah. Man, I'm blown away. I, I'm, I almost feel like my first time is tainted and ruined. You've been robbed. I've been a, robbed. Yeah, you have been. No wonder you're like not sure if it holds up. I wouldn't be either if I saw those like shitty it, scenes. Like, no yeah. pun intended. <laughs> Honestly, so pretty good that though. Was an yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so uh, I guess, I mean, we're kind of working with a meld of the uh, unrated version and the original, but for you guys, like, has anything aged badly or what was bad even then? I mean, the, to, I'll go back to the, the, the sea bass yep. trying to, like, I mean, again, the extended version blows it out big time, but it's still in, in the original. He still and corners him in the, the bathroom. The very idea that it's supposed to be kind of funny that Lloyd is going to get raped and the reason it's a guy raping another guy and that's supposed to be like that clearly. It does not age. Yeah, what are they going well. for? That that the he's playing against type because he's this trucker guy. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, it's just. I mean, I think the joke is a guy, a big guy is going to rape Lloyd, and how funny is that? I think that's mm-hmm. supposed to but be. But we the are joke. dealing with uh, murder in the film too. Sure. Like, I just mean it's not. It's just not. I just feels like it's. It's that the the joke is. It's just a gay panic joke that I just found. I've never liked, and it remind. I just remind like, oh yeah. It just it reminded me that it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth, and I didn't, yeah, it didn't hold up at all for so, me. Do you think it would have been funny then for like young? Uh, yeah, John? I think so. Sure, I think this fourteen-year-old thought it was probably because I didn't think was, like, oh man, he's gonna oh, get it from that read. guy. Yeah, and yeah. it just and and it's juvenile and sure. stupid. Yeah. My view is if he had gotten raped, and the idea was he's ashamed of it afterwards, and like in the car, even there's a weird scene in the unrated version where Jeff Daniels keeps poking at him. Like that's exactly because it's that's what the unrated version, which is longer, reveals that that is the joke because the fact that that, that yes Harry keeps making that thing means that that is per- on purpose. They purposely made the joke is supposed to be. And Lloyd's like, drop it. it yeah. Really oh bugs no, him. he gets saved. He uh, I know he gets saved, but I mean the okay. joke is supposed but to the, be. To me, he almost got raped by a guy. To me, <laughs> the second he's saved, it's open as a joke, and it's allowed. We're allowed to laugh at the fact that there was an attack that he got out of. Yeah, but in the extended version, Harry's insinuating that, like Jim would have maybe liked it or something. Like it's like, oh, you were in there with that guy. Yeah, and I I ignore any extended scene. We'll strike but, it from you know, the I, record. I, I'm, I'm just saying that that is a key into what the original intent was, which is because uh, that it still is there. I mean, it's still it is still Seabass manly love and coming in and kicking the door and Jim Carrey like hiding on top of the toilet. Like that's all still there in the original. I think that's a good point for something that hasn't aged well, but maybe it was funny when you're 14. Yeah, I don't think it's one of the strongest scenes, but it definitely when I was young, that was kind of like a scary like oh road trips can have peaks and valleys and like oh that, that's that. a pretty deep valley well because <laughs> <laughs> well, when i was a kid i'd be in the washroom see, <laughs> you'd see <laughs> that was the trip well that is peaks and valleys almost was anally raped that was the low point the roller coaster though was great um but yeah, when I was a kid, I used to see like "Meet Me Here" at this time, right. and I was always like, "Do these men really come through with these things, or are these?" Yeah, it's like, like another one of those old promises. jokes. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I I tend to agree with Pops more than I don't. I was just kind of playing devil's advocate. I like that it. it's not a horrible scene. To me, it didn't detract from the film. But yeah, it's not one of the best scenes. I, I'm look, I'm trying to look at my list for things I didn't like. It was mostly like the plot points, the thing with Mary. Now I'm super fucking bothered that that hitman. Yeah, claim that he was followed for months and then has the audacity to just show up without a disguise. Because the whole so, gag is based on them thinking you these don't idiots know. are masterminds. It's like, man, these guys are good. Yeah. What's their game? What are they playing at? And then you're going to hitchhike? Yeah. But you think that they're aware of who you are. Exactly. Like, you think they're so intelligent and all of a sudden it, it's like a cartoon joke where every scene isn't dependent on the next and you could just have throwaway yeah. lines 
that don't need to connect. Thoughts on the tongue scene? Hey, kids, you wouldn't happen to have a cup of warm water, would you? Jeff Daniels gets his tongue stuck to the... Uh, oh, yeah. The, the, the terrible the, special the ski lift. Okay, again, logistical problems. Why does Mary just leave him there for so long? What, she goes down the fucking Black Diamond and then sees him there and two hours later? Wait, okay, so are, uh, is him then taking the ride with the two kids in extended scene? No. no. Okay, so that's in it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so she leaves the ski lift, yeah. goes skiing. He goes around again. Two kids get on, yeah. and then they take the ski lift off of the rack and put it by mm-hmm. the, the park benches or whatever, yeah. like mm-hmm. the the promenade. And then he's still stuck to it. And then she mind you, off. when Jeff Daniels is talking to the kids, got a cup of warm water. Yeah. <laughs> hey kids, hey. like he's hilarious. So, so I love that scene, and my mind is willing to forgive certain movie sins. With, with like, why the hell would Mary leave him there? Yeah. And I think that they're trading the Fairley brothers in discomfort. They did this with the, the balls in There's Something About Mary mm-hmm. as like a sight gag that's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. The hand in Kingpin. To me, the balls in There's Something About Mary is very funny because they have to keep bringing people in to take a look. So you're you're banking in like the embarrassment of the young man. Like That's mm-hmm. funny. This is just guy gets tongue stuck to thing. And I've just like I, at some point, I'm like, OK, all right. Okay, and it's just a bad it. effect. The the sure. t- the tongue. Does I thought not... it was done well. Yeah, yeah. I never. I never. That's one thing for sure. The Interesting. Tongue. And I get that. There's like fakey and never made me laugh. It could be. Yeah, it was it a good me, trailer gag? Didn't totally work, but I could see why. If you're 14, it's hilarious. I love him coming around the corner. That visual. I'm still <laughs> being on it, even though like save a seat for you. No sense. I I all valid points though. So are we at the point where we... Guys, I think we are at the point. And, you know, I feel bad if there's any, um, you know, uh, dumb and dumber aficionados right now that feel like it's blasphemy that for my first time I saw the unrated version, I apologize. Uh, but, you if know... If they don't think it's blasphemy, they're not they, a dumb and they dumber They should think it's aficionado. blasphemy because it's... Yeah, yeah exactly. It's horrible. The, 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 every, like, every... Every... every like, the, what, what... Wasn't there... Before they go to the slopes... Like where he's like, she is the love of my life. Like yeah. that's an extended scene as well. Like, oh, yeah, it's man. So bad. Oh yeah. Ugh. Way too long. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to start just because I'm the least interesting person in this and in, in what I've deduced. I say this absolutely belongs in the pedestal. There's no question. It influenced every single comedy after it. I will fight anyone to the death on that. It changed my life comedically. It it altered uh, the Simpsons episodes, it changed everything that I know and love comedically, and any person that I find funny, it's altered them, in my view. And that's why I'll be showing it to my kids and grandkids, and forevermore, I think this will remain on the pedestal. Is this Jim Carrey's best movie? No. Uh, He's talking to me, but... Sorry, my bad. Put it to you, Mikey. Uh, Yes, it is. Not Cable Guy? I, I, I... not Ca- Cable Guy for you either. Okay. Jim Carrey's cable best Guy is the George Harrison. It's the exact problem. Like, obviously, oh, hipster I answer. disagree. Cable Guy for sure. I thought it was going to be consensus Cable Guy. That's interesting. I really thought, you thought it, it was going to be consensus Are we Cable Guy. The best Jim Carrey comedy or movie best all Best Jim Carrey comedy. Okay. I mean, that's different. But Shane could just be saying movie in general for Dumb and Dumber. Well, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind is amazing. But Jim, the reason he even got to that is because he's so fucking amazing in this movie. Okay. Dumb and Dumber is one of the best comedies ever made. Mm-hmm. I do think it is his best film. Okay. And uh, that's that in my book. All right. That should be your new uh, sign-off. <laughs> <laughs> He's just shut the book. Close his book. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, you just mentioned uh, you consider it one of the best comedies of all time. It'd be interesting to see 
what other people's lists would be. Would it be top 10, top five? Not sure, just as far as consensus for people in general. But here's the one thing I did know is I laughed out loud really hard, and even although it was the extended version, like five times. And that's that's a high count for like, especially like we've all seen thousands of movies or whatever. So it's like you kind of anticipate gags, especially a movie from 1994. You feel like you know where stuff's going. And the power of Jim Carrey's performance, you know, and Jeff Daniels to a lesser extent, really sort of like solidify. Um, as far as its influence going forward, you know, my wife, Danica, who doesn't like watch movies at all, really, or TV or whatever. When I was watching this last night in bed, she was like citing scenes. And I'm like, what? She's like, I've seen this movie like 50 times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, this is blowing my mind. How did I not? She's like, it was like That's always awesome. on. It was always on. I'm like, wow. What was her biggest laugh? Was she in and out? She wasn't watching it with okay. me. She was like, she was coming in and out of the room and then she'd point stuff out or she'd sit for 30 seconds. Was there go. a piece in particular that she enjoyed no. the most? But it just blew my mind. And so it kind of speaks to the reach of this movie. Yeah. Uh, and I could see the DNA of so much comedy that came after in a lot of those gags. Um, it's kind of the same way we talk about The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, to the point about would I show it to my kids and be like, this is one of the funniest movies ever made. You have to like sit through this and watch it. Uh, I don't know if it sits there for me. You know, I laughed a lot, but front to back, again, I saw the extended version. Uh, I, I was like, this is, this is good. I really like this. But as like an all-timer, does it belong in the pedestal? Maybe as an influential comedy, and I acknowledge its uh, its its influence, like I said, and its uh, effect on all of our friends and everyone that I know. For me, I wouldn't put it on the pedestal. I feel like, that's but for a- society. I understand why others would. So like, no. Okay. That'll be a larger question kind of going forward with all of these of does the relevance matter? Like do, does the movie need to be on the pedestal and our whatever our rules are going to be? Does it need to be able to stand up on its own despite the, whether or not its, its relevance matters? I think matters yes, or... and relevance matters. All right. Both. We'll see. And th- that's what It'll I thought was so great about Dumb and Dumber was some of the stuff – would be hack because it already inspired so many copycat versions good of point. this. It's a great point. But it transcended it because it was just done so well. Like right. the shitting ga- gag isn't funny still unless it's And we've seen it done- a lot since then. Exactly. Unless it's done so well. All right, Pops. Okay, me. Uh, see, I, speaking of the George Harrison thing, I really did want, like I wanted, it felt, it felt like it would be a kind of a cool thing to be like, you know what? I liked it as a kid, but I've grown up and I've kind of outgrown it. But- I clearly have not outgrown it at all. I like I I can I can nitpick away at all the little things, but I mean top to bottom it makes me laugh like consistent like I can watch this movie. I could probably watch it again tonight and still laugh exactly as hard as I have every other time. So, yeah, I feel like for sure. In some ways I appreciate them more just because now I know how hard it is to do things. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And sure. Like as a kid, you really take it for granted. Now I'm just like, wow, these are actual legends, and this is a legendary performance yeah. on both both the main actors. Yeah. So it, it's it's gotten on the pedestal. Then you're keeping yeah. it on or knocking it off. I'm keep I keep it on. All right. I was I was I, I was going into it close. I was going into it being like, maybe this hasn't like it. Just I, I don't know. Like my memory of it has frayed a little bit, and then the rewatch just sort of like just solidified, confirmed it. Like. The, whole, the entire few baseball cards, sack of marbles, PD, makes yeah. me laugh so hard every time. Just, yeah. Yep. But, so I guess we end it with, it is on the pedestal. It's on, well, two to, two to one. Yeah. And by the way, I, you know, if someone tied my arm behind my back and at the, the risk of sounding neutral or not committing or soft, 
I could easily be convinced that it could go on the pedestal. Mm-hmm. But personally, it's funny, but I I could probably pick five other movies that made me laugh a little harder. Right. Again, maybe if I saw it when I was 14. you just name one right now just so I can get a... I laughed harder personally at the time at me, myself, and Irene. Uh, but again, I was like 16 years old. Movie, and I smoked uh, some grass and you know something recently that i i laughed a ton at is something like this is the end you know which is a comedy that like i laughed at all the way through like where i couldn't breathe you know i never once didn't breathe but i was super appreciative and i laughed a lot and i thought that this uh rotten tomatoes sort of consensus it was the first line from the consensus pretty much nailed it uh the sentence was a relentlessly stupid comedy elevated by its actors Mm -hmm. that's actually pretty perfect yeah and to me that's i i agree with that but i also think it is visionary in a lot of ways also you make a great point about hack because what might seem hack then was fresh. Yeah. So it's on the pedestal. Yeah, man. Dumb and dumber. We've had two that stayed on the pedestal now. Mm-hmm. All right. But well, I don't think people will listen to this in order. People will probably go to their favorite movie that they're curious about first. Yeah. But, uh, Should we give things context and time? Because, I mean, they can jump around. They'll know yeah, that we I did Star Trek before. I think people will jump around, but hey, it doesn't matter, I guess. Like yeah, this is our whatever. Second, second recording. And what's your uh, sign-off line, Shane? Uh, is it case closed? And then I close the book. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm closing you... the book on this one, Mikey.